Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt. We're going to get right into it here, episode 236. I'm Chris here in Detroit. A little downtrodden today. Not the result we were looking for in the Champions League. But that's okay. I brought a buddy. I brought a friend. We're going to commiserate together. We're going to sip some beverages together and talk it all through with you. Matt in New York. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you can cry on my shoulder, Chris, and uh, I'll cry on your shoulder if that works well with you. Yeah, well, you know, you'll never Devo alone. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that uh, the truth. God. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, Frankfurt. Shit. <laughs> I track Frankfurt uh, at the Waldstadion hosting Sporting Lisbon from Portugal. Uh, if you listen to episode 235, we covered this from all angles. We knew what, what we were getting from our Frankfurt side. We knew a little bit about Sporting. They were going to handle the ball a lot. They were going to be... Um, they were going to be pushing us a little bit. So we wanted to see some push right out of the gate. So uh, what did we do? We came out of the gate. And first of all, let's give a lot of props to the fans, the ultras. Hit on that for a minute, Matt. Uh, even before the, the game. from your house. Yeah. I mean, even before the game, like, they were all over social media. Like, during the warm-ups, you could just hear them, the crowd just going off like crazy. And it even, even looked like it was a full stadium, but it sounded like it was a full stadium. I mean... The TIFO before was incredible with the black flags and, you know, uh, Frankfurt, you know, be, be, beware, beware Frankfurt kind of sign essentially on there. I mean, the fans always kill it when it comes to European um, European stages and European TIFO, you know. I mean, fans were absolutely ecstatic. And I think that was the biggest problem that we had at this game was I think we fed off so much on the emotional energy from the first half. It's that, that you know, in the second half we were – essentially depleted you know of that energy yeah we had a couple good moments but that that emotional energy got came out of us real fast you know that's something that we talked about uh in the last episode in the build-up to this match was how the lesson learned from match day one in the bundesliga uh european league champions against the previous year's league champions uh in our own stadium and we were not ready Byron smacked it to us. I think they had a goal in the first two or three minutes there. And we were totally caught off guard. We were overwhelmed by the moment. And today we came out of the gate a little bit different. Um, you know, a traditional 4-2-3-1, what's become traditional for us. Uh, trap, obviously, with Jokic, Tuta, Indica, and Lentz. Uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise in the next lineup. Uh, Eric Jr., Dean, uh, Dina, Abimbe. I'm calling him Eric. I'm struggling <laughs> with his I'm last name. No, I, I like that. <laughs> Junior works too. Uh, I apologize, 2-6. You're, you're too good for us uh, to mess your name up. We'll get it right eventually. Uh, but he, he was joined in the middle with Jabril So. And on uh, the front, uh, you had Lindstrom, Goza, Kamada, and Apai. Uh, Kolo Muani, who had the first great shot of the match and maybe the one that this whole thing could have pivoted differently on 
30 oh, seconds. Totally. Let me set the table for you. Um, I didn't have audio on at the start. I was at work, got a nice video wall up there, and I was watching all the pregame stuff. My DoorDash driver canceled my delivery, my traditional schnitzel spotzel combination, uh, canceled the delivery. So I ended up downstairs as they're doing Blasphemy. their walkout. I missed the TIFO. So we can all blame the DoorDash driver in Detroit for everything that went wrong. Because we had a five-win, two-draw, no-loss record when I get this particular dinner going into a, a Europa match. So blame DoorDash for this one. I apologize, everybody. But honestly, right out of the gate, um, the play up to Kolo Muani and the one-on-one with the keeper uh, – uh, Auden made an incredible save, you know. Yeah, you still got to finish that, though, no matter what. I you mean, do. You do. You're one-on-one with the keeper. You had as, as much space as he had. Um, a credit for him for putting it what would have been on target, but you do got to finish that. Uh, I thought maybe as I looked at the replay, uh, he had a little more space to work with. He could have placed it a little more. Um, but getting a goal in the first minute really would have set the tone for us there. Um but we recovered well, I thought, through the yeah. first half. It, it, there was no point where he said, wow, that missed opportunity is really going to cost us. I mean, it was a tale of two different halves, in my opinion. I, I felt like we were so strong. Like, yeah, granted, like, you know, Colomani has to finish that has to finish that um, attack. And, like, you know, there was a couple jittery moments with both Jakic and Lindstrom on their right side where they, like, took a little too much pre-workout um, before the game. You know, they just set, they had their heads were spinning faster than their legs. Um, but we were controlling the whole game, you know. It, it, it's What sucks was, you know, we – we, we, we played so well and like I, I don't even want to divide the field in thirds right now I'm going to divide it in fours like we were in three fourths of the field like we were incredible but it just seemed like we struggled to get shots and that in case good shots off for us you know like if you look at the stats as well it kind of give, it paints you a picture right there you know we had 11 shots and only two of them were on target because all the other ones were fucking blocked you know and Sporting Lisbon did great by like you know defending their goal and recovering well. It just it just seemed like we we're just a couple steps like too slow when it came to that you know instance. I mean, great examples are with you know Colomwane right at the start of the second half. Uh, you know, uh, oh I'm sorry, Kamada right at the start of the second half after another defensive mistake on Lisbon. You know where he took an extra touch and ended up getting blocked. Same situation with Colomwane where he wasn't able to get a good shot off after a mistake from a defender. You know, I mean. In retrospect, if we ended up uh, taking advantage of, you know, the Colomani um, chance in the first half, then uh, the two other mistakes in the second half, we'd be talking about a 3 nothing win on our end, you know. But, you know, I th- here we are emotionally drained in the second half. And at the same time, I think I think Glasner was a little too hasty on the substitutions in terms of, like, after the, fir- after the first goal was conceded by subbing out Dina. Um because once we subbed out Dina, it was it was a huge hole in the middle. You can completely tell. I mean, the second goal came right after that. I mean, their first goal was fairly lucky. I mean, D- should Dina and Biba sh- uh, should have been b- back there since uh, Tuta was coming across the field, uh, giving what's his name Jakic support? Yes, Tuta should have done that. Dina should have been back there, and that whole first goal would have been avoided. But. I think ultimately subbing out Dina kind of fucked us really at the end. I mean, Tuta didn't really have a good game either. I mean, he was he was caught up too high. That's kind of how the second goal got. Um, 
scored on us. And then, you know, I mean, we were shut down after like the, the, the first goal, but we really shut down after they scored that second goal. And I think they really utilized uh, Jakic's side or abused Jakic's side rather because they know that's our weakness. You know, that's a CDM playing right back. It's just it, – it sucks. It was a tale – it was two different games, you know, where the first the first half I was ready to, you know, jump up. I, I mean, obviously we're going to get scored on. We're fucking Eintracht Frankfurt. We barely got clean sheets, not counting last game against <laughs> Leipzig, but – Damn man, it was literally two different games, and I like I could tell like even before the first goals were conceded that we were just emotionally drained, and then they just took us to the back of the back of the barn and put the gun to the back of our head. after that, yeah, you know the the people I was watching with um, casual Frankfurt people because I always have it on. They don't have a rooting interest in it, but they said, "Wow, Frankfurt's really carrying the play in this first half." And I sarcastically said, oh, just wait, you haven't met our diva yet. And, you know, I kind of, there were going to be adjustments at the half. I expected a more back and forth second half. Um, There was an interesting substitution made uh, right after halftime when Sporting made the substitution around the 50th minute. I don't even know who the player was or how important he was in what they did. But there was kind of a shift there, and we really seemed to not react positively to that change. Again, I don't know how it affected them tactically, but there was really a shift right around that 50th, 55th minute where we just kind of lost our legs a little bit. The Jakic yellow card in 55 for me was the turning point. Um but I'm looking well, the at ref the ref was refing a shit game in, in the start. I mean, granted, granted, he was fairly consistent on how many missed calls he was going to miss and how many calls he was not going to make. I mean, granted, the freaking penalty on Lentz. I mean, goddamn, I've never seen any a referee call a penalty on but from the, the position he was on. in. From the position he was in, the body was blocked. the The runner was going forward and he went down. I but the linesman he, still has a perfect angle. What's the point correct. of having a linesman? Where's the assistance in that end, you know? Correct. But the difference is he can blow that down and it can be corrected with VAR. If it is right. a penalty and he doesn't blow it down, then it's a missed call in a critical location on the field. So it's one of those point. things where where the opportunity to get it right, it only exists one way. You can't go back and VAR a missed call. So, right, but then, I mean, but you, then, you can, but you don't have the the same, you know, uh, how, how do you say it? It's, it's not playing out the same way it does as if he calls it there. Right, but then also what about the two uh, the two missed calls he had on the studs up fouls on both Jakic and So? Like, that was ridiculous. The fact they didn't even blow his whistle was ab- absurd, you know? Yeah, that's true. Especially the Jokic one, I thought, um, was was pretty critical. But, you know, I'm looking at the spray chart here. Uh, the shots uh, off target. The difference for sporting, they had three shots off target. All three of them are relatively close. We're spraying them, you know, Kasinovich style through the uprights from 50 yards. And, I mean, just all over the place. Um, all three sporting goals were scored within a six foot radius. Now the build up for yeah. them was all the build up for them was all different, but that, you know, ten yard shot from the left side was so consistent for them, it became frustrating. And you can't put much of that on trap. Maybe he could have gotten one of them. 
but um, they that just kind of moved about the, the defense. ball. And, yeah, they, they ate our defense alive. Everyone was caught standing still twice. Um, and the other interesting part of that, uh, Pellegrini. This is the second time a guy who has never scored a professional goal has taken a shot on target from a pretty advantageous spot. Why is he not being, you know, shoved aside by Bore or or uh, Lindstrom, somebody with, you know, a, a penchant for scoring, as opposed to a guy who literally has never scored a professional goal? Matt, you're a player. Can you explain to me why that happened? Well, I I would have definitely had Lentz rather take that, or or sorry, Lentz wasn't even on the pitch at that point. But you you do typically want a left footed player to take a free kick if it's on the right side of the box, you know, keeper's but left even side. to go on target, even though he, he's yeah. not a shooter. Yeah, no, I, I I even if he's not a shooter, you know, he, it just means he's due, you know. And left footed free kick takers kind of always kind of kind of keep give the keepers like the heebie-jeebies because it's it's an awkward position because they're so used to yeah. you know seeing so many right-footed free kick takers so like you know giving that to them and i mean we didn't really have much to lose anyways on that free kick honestly chris i mean granted if we're going to give him a goal there we go we give him a goal but i, I mean I, on the field i don't know who else you would rather you know have to take that free kick i mean lucas alario because lindstrom wasn't on the field i mean maybe i mean randall colomani so, so here, here's my thing on free kicks and I agree with the left-footed thing and the way it can it can mess with the keeper. Um, but even if you're going to do that, uh, you know, some sort of a pass or or he was kind of too close to curl one back post. But I don't know if it's going on target. I want somebody who's actually hit the target. With all due respect, Pellegrini, you're like a four or five year pro with no goals. I don't want you shooting the ball on target from 16 yards. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see where your point where your point's coming from, but if I have a left-footed player on the right side of the box, I'm nine times, ten times out of ten, I'll probably have that left-footed player take that free kick. Regard, I mean, depending also how good they are. I mean, if they're hitting it between the uprights every single time, that get a right-footed player on there that can curl it around there. But we don't have anybody like sure. that, unfortunately. So let me ask you another one. Um, one of my favorite guys, I've been in his corner for two years now had another rough night uh Jesper Lindstrom just couldn't get good touches couldn't find effective combinations with other players uh, I I'm a broken record with this one but is it time to rash. sit him for a bit I don't know I think you know he's a streaky player I feel like every time we talk about that or like you know his lack of um, I guess consistency and stuff like that. He always kind of bounce bounces back and stuff. And I think with this game, like I mentioned before, him and Jakic on their right side literally looked like they were on crack, like running around in circles, like head spinning faster than their legs. Like I think they were both nervous, and you know rightfully so. Jesper Lindstrom should be nervous. I mean he he, he played at a at a. Danish league a couple, you know, two years ago, and here he is playing against uh, the uh, Portuguese champions of last year in the Champions League, you know? Um, so, yeah, a lot of nerves kind of settled in for him, but I mean, to sit but him, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's granted, not we, can, as if, we have that option. We have Bore for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's not as if Lindstrom hasn't played in big games. He was on the pitch for the Cup Championship against Rangers just a few months ago. Um, Barcelona that, and all that. Yeah, exactly. I got that. He, he's played some big road matches. 
But, you know, I think one thing that might be coming more apparent, his best combinations have been with Bore up top. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of chemistry with him and Kola Muani. Uh, him and Goza have done a little bit together, but nothing that, you know, just jumps right off the screen at me. Uh, he's got to find that comfortable spot no matter who he's with. And he's not really known for something yet. You know, Kostic was the the ultimate uh, crosser. He had that beautiful left foot to the far corner that, you know, just became his calling card. Um, but really... He just got an assist as well. Shout out Kostic. Yep, yep. He's finally getting his chance, finally doing something with it right now, which is good for him. Um, but for us, man, we got to find a way to generate offense in the final third. We knew sporting was going to handle the ball more. I was kind of surprised that we took as much possession as we did, and most of it came in that first half. But we have to find a way to get shots on target that are, you know, something. I would rather shoot the ball into a defender and take a, you know, a chance at a rebound than sail it 15 yards wide. The spray chart is an embarrassment. I'm going to put it out on social media. Um, it's, you know, the kind of stuff I see in my kids' practice. She's seven. You know, these <laughs> these guys, like... I don't know. Hit the damn. I mean, he's just inconsistent. I mean, I mean, yeah. That that was that was the biggest issue. You know, like like we were so slow in the last fourth of the game. Like anything from like five yards outside the box or like five yards inside the box and to the goal. Like it just seemed like we were too slow. It just seemed like we weren't pulling the trigger too fast enough. You know, we wanted to get that perfect right shot. You know, I mean, like I said, we had. Honestly, somewhat equal chances from sporting uh, sporting's mistake that we didn't capitalize. Where sporting was able to capitalize, they're a lot more efficient on their chances, a lot more efficient with their shot taking. So I mean, they they just shoot or shoot, and they shot. We did. Sporting made the chance, made the opportunities of their chances, even though they had fewer of them. They took advantage, and we did not when we had our chances. So but, well, comes but look, down to positive- conversion. But the spot, yeah, the pos- the positive spin we can take about this is, you know, the first half, how, you know, in con- how controlled we, we seemed, you know. Um, and I think I think we were just emotionally tired after that because we had so many good chances that we just weren't able to finish it off, especially at the beginning of the second half. So, I mean, the positive spin on this is, you know, we can play with Champions League teams, you know. It's just, it's just such a different beast where it's not like, you know, we can't have, you know, one Kevin magic Kevin Trap moment isn't going to save us, you know. Um, we need to make sure that we're consistent so that we can avoid any great chances, you know, from Marseille, from Tottenham, from uh, sports team when we play them again because we definitely can play with them. It's just can we play with them with 90 minutes? That's the biggest question moving forward for them these next couple games. Yeah. Uh, last one on this match before we move on. Uh Chris and Austin listening to our recording live on Discord. By the way, you can do that. If you don't want to wait and listen, uh, we put out on social media when we're going to be recording. Um, join our Discord chat. You can listen live and comment and tell Chris how stupid his takes are and you know make fun of Matt for having the best hair in the podcast. You really do. It's good flow you got <laughs> going on. But anyway, um, Chris and Austin says if the whole game had gone like the second half, he'd be less disappointed. Um, he's fine with whatever happens in UCL as long as we don't blow the Bundesliga Pokal chance doing it. And that's kind of where I'm at. If we lost, um, you know, 6 nothing, 8 nothing to a team that was far better than us, 
if the first half had looked like the second half, I would have been like, hey, they're a lot better. But we saw in the first half how we could carry carry the play against them. And that's the most frustrating part of this whole thing is that the diva showed up again after we buried her back in May. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point. And I mean, I don't think we've ever buried the diva. I think she's never we, dead. <laughs> we, we put her, we, we put her to nap and she woke up today. Yeah, that's true. All right. So let's move on a minute. Uh, let's stay with champions league talk. Let's look at the rest of, um, the rest of what's going on around the Champions League. It was a busy two days, lots of matches going on. Uh, the other match from our group, Group D, Tottenham and Marseille. Uh, Tottenham took it to them, a 2-0 victory. I did not see that one. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of it, Matt. I mean, Rick Carlison had quick back-to-back goals. I mean, Tottenham was definitely the far better team, but it definitely looked like it was going towards a tie, which obviously would have been a good favor for us. But, yeah, Tottenham deserved that goal, but... Definitely did not look as dominant as I think people would have wanted them to look. I mean, I don't think Tottenham is a good team overall. I think they just have good mo- – they do great things at good moments. But, yeah, I mean, typical for me. Which sets up a big matchup for us next week as we go to the Mediterranean coast of France to Marseille to the Velodrome. And the loser of that one uh, is going to have the biggest uphill battle you know, they might be written off depending on how the scoreline goes there. Uh, that's a must win for us if we want to stay in the running. It's a must win for them to protect their home field at this point. So that's going to be interesting next week. Um, other Bundesliga teams in action in the Champions League yesterday, yesterday being Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this, Borussia Dortmund handled FC Copenhagen, uh, who qualified via the playoff. That was a 3 0 score. This is a fun one. <laughs> Shakhtar Donetsk, four. <laughs> and High Fructose FC, one. Um, on the heels of a thrashing from Frankfurt on Saturday, Leipzig we goes out and plays another one. Just <laughs> We stand with Ukraine. We shit on Leipzig. It is all fantastic. Uh, the news today, they have sacked their manager. They're now in the market. Did they announce someone yet? I haven't no, seen anything yet. Not yet. I saw some things about potentially Tuchel, but I will probably be a little too sensitive about him. Um, there is a guy, and I have to look at the tweet again because um, I, I, for some reason, I'm blanking on his name. But he's currently living in Leipzig. He's a well-known name, but I got to get back to you on that. But there's someone right. in the running. We'll get to that one, and then a match nobody really cares about: uh, Bayern two, Inter Milan one. That's great. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> rematch so, of 2009 uh, 2013 oh no 2013 Champions League final yeah no something like it that it was uh, Bayern Dortmund Marco Rosa that's who's living in Leipzig there right you now. go Rosa yeah yep. um so after one match day not a lot to take in the table there's six of them we're one match in we're sitting on zero points sporting at the top on goal differential three points three goals Tottenham, three points, two goals. Um, it's all right. There's time. It, you know, the analytics say we've dug a hole. It's going to be hard to get out. But we've also lost the opening in Europa League tables before and survived those just fine. So I'm not going to put a lot of, of stock in this one and say, you know, it's over. But I'm also not going to write it off because we've got a tough weekend matchup coming up. 
And gosh, do we ever struggle with the emotions following a Europa League or following a European competition midweek. So we'll see where it goes. Um, right now, we're going to transition to my favorite subject. Hashtag, what are we drinking? Matt, what are you? Hashtag, what are you drinking tonight? I am keeping it simple, keeping it uh, healthy, I guess would be the right word to say. But uh, yeah, I'm drinking some simple water here, Chris. Um, was going to have something heavy today just to kind of soak the uh, the loss, but I uh, decided against it, you know, keeping my chin up. Don't want to put my head down on the glass and, um, you know, onto the onto Saturday. I love the positivity in that. Um, <laughs> I definitely got you covered. <laughs> um, Thank God. I, I am drinking my summer favorite. I'm not ready to give up summer yet. It's September 7th, and I still want the summer to stick around a few weeks longer. So I bought another case of my go-to summer beer. From Birmingham, Michigan, right outside of Detroit, Griffin Claw Brewing makes Mr. Blue Sky a fantastic sipping light summer wheat beer. Uh, it goes down easy. It's got my favorite uh, can art in the world. So, you know, it looks good in the fridge. It tastes good on the tongue. Can't ask for more than that, right? Well, that's the best sound in the world right there. So you just you just hit a trifecta with that one. You hit a turkey. By the way, that's all real. Producer Nate, Nathan does not have to put that in. I do the sound effects, so he doesn't have to. Hell yeah. I Such hope a he, great he team. Doesn't, he doesn't have to. I mean, nothing more beautiful than the original crack. <laughs> all right. So we're going to be back with segment two, episode 236, right after this. Wherever you're drinking, in celebration or in defeat. We cheers to you, Prost. Welcome back. Segment two, Matt in New York, Chris in Detroit. So we got over the tough loss uh, to sporting earlier today. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming up on the weekend. We got a short turnaround. Thankfully, there's no travel involved. We played at home today. Guys get to sleep in their own beds. Early training tomorrow. A little bit of recovery is going to be necessary for some of the guys. And then it's right back to league action. Saturday, uh, the September 10th, the traditional 3.30 or 15.30 Central European time, 9.30 Eastern time here in the States, 6.30 on the West Coast. Frankfurt v. Wolfsburg. Where's your head at with this one, Matt? Um, honestly, everywhere. Um, obviously, Wolfsburg is kind of in shambles right now. They only have two points in the league. They haven't gotten a win yet. They've only shot, scored about four goals. They've let in 10 goals in. Um, but I'm a little bit more worried about us, obviously, in this kind of sense. I mean, the thing this is going to be the great, great big first test for us to see how we handle 
um, our depth and what we're going to do with our depth. You know, I, I don't know who we're going to be uh, benching. I, I can totally see Kola Moani probably getting some rest on Saturday, maybe coming off the bench. I can see Kamada doing the same thing and the same with um, Gutsa um, and most likely Jibriel So and possibly someone else in our bench. Um, but I, I don't know what Glasner values more. Obviously, all three competitions are, you know, very important for us currently. Um, but with this game, with Wolfsburg, you know, God, they are in shambles. I mean, they lost 2-0 to a, a terrible Leipzig. They lost 4-2 to Köln, who's pretty good. They tied Schalke. They only lost 2-0 to Bayern, which is obviously better than what we had to deal with. And um, it's tough. It's, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I, I'd expect us to win, but it really depends how we come out of this, you know. Um, hopefully, we kind of shake off this Sporting Lisbon game and, you know, stay focused on the Bundesliga for that Saturday and make the quick switch again next week. But... Some stupid, stupid stats that both, that um, Google always gives you. Um, this is pretty one of the funny ones that made me a little nervous. Um, Wolfsburg have only won uh, more away games at Werder Bremen than at Eintracht Frankfurt. They've won 11 at Bremen. They've won 10 uh, by us at Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. And they've won five of their last six trips to Hessen. Um, they average more points away at Frankfurt and have a higher win percentage, which is over 50%, than they do against any other Bundesliga side. So <laughs> I'm more worried about us, in my opinion. But what are your thoughts? I hate you so much right now. I did not need to know <laughs> those stats. Oh, God. that That's depressing right there. Um, so my biggest thing is our mental state. We Even off of big victories in Europe the last several years – we have struggled in the follow-up match, especially at home. When we follow up a European home match, win or lose, with a Bundesliga home match, the intensity just cannot be equaled in the stands, on the pitch. We really, really struggle in these matches. You know, these are the ones where we usually go down a goal and then we have to exhaust so much energy fighting back. Maybe we get lucky and, and pull out a draw. But, you know, there's... A couple players on this team, too, that just always give us fits. Um, uh, Maximilian Arnold, number one. The guy just loves to drive the ball into the box, and he's so good at, at placing the ball wherever he wants to. He's and a Bundesliga legend. He is. He is. Um, and he's only 28 years old. I was looking at that earlier. I, it feels like he's been around forever. It's ridiculous. He's only That's 28. That's wild. I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Um, he's Max not even twenty nine till till next May. It's ridiculous. Jeez. Um, but yeah, they just. My biggest concern is the way our defenders failed to scramble today. Uh, you know, when you get when you have some scramble play and you got to mark a man or or just fill some space, fill a passing lane. It, there's a there's a process to that. There's a instinct to that. Um, that our guys don't seem to have right now. We didn't have it three times in a 12-foot area today against Sporting, and that's my concern with a guy like Arnold who can put the ball literally on a dime. Uh, what happens when he finds that guy uh, with just a little bit of space unmarked? That concerns me a little bit. Um, no, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be it's, – it's definitely – it's going to depend how we come out, you know? Um, I definitely want to see Dina and Bipe again in the middle because I think he was 
fairly crucial for us, fairly effective for us against Sporting because he looked very, very comfortable. Like, he wasn't worried about people getting on his back when he had the ball, like, wasn't worried about other midfielders pressurizing when he had the ball because he was always able to get out of it, which is why I think when we subbed him out, that's when, you know, I think that was a mistake by Glasner um, today. But it, it really depends how we come out. I mean, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, uh, Arnold has always been a, a struggle for us. He's an incredible midfielder. Max Cruz is also a big struggle. Luca Waldschmidt, former Frankfurt player, is also a, a, a big struggle. But... You know, it, 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 it's going to matter how we come out. It's going to matter how we go. I mean, I think we're going to get a great reception from our fans. I think I think that's going to really lift us throughout the game. You know, you know, we're going to get back out there. And it's going to be, all right, everything is all right. You know, here we are, another game. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Let's get three points out of this game, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting, um, I must say. Now, I don't think they have John Anthony Brooks anymore, the American, right? He moved on. Um, I got to check, but I think so. Um, because maybe- he was also a pain in our ass for so many years, coming in on set pieces and taking up a ton of space. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like he's on the team anymore. Um, it looks like he moved to... Live on you know air what? research. This is good. Yeah, this is great <laughs> podcasting right here. Um, dun, 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 dun. Benfica. I don't remember that one. No. Okay. So, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there uh, for their reconstructed back line for us to take a, a chance at them. And um, something that we talked about, Kola Muani's missed goal uh, early in the match against Sporting, he's still a motor. He's still, you know, full speed ahead. It's early in the season. Um, Do you think he'll start? You know, we kind of talked about that offline a little bit. Do you bit. want him to start? I, I want him to start. If we can give him and Bore another opportunity to be on the pitch together, I would like to explore that a little further. Maybe yes. Lindstrom come off the bench as a super sub situation um, and move Bore around a little bit. Uh, the limited time we've seen him and Randall Kolomuani together on the pitch, they didn't really find that chemistry. So maybe we can move, you know, I think Bore is the more flexible of the two as far as positioning goes. Um, maybe we can move him around a little, see if, you know, left side, right side, hanging back, whatever it, you know, might take to spring him a little bit. I think this is a game where we're going to have, I mean, obviously I th- we have the better roster, but I think we're going to have a speed advantage too. And if we can exploit that a little bit and uh, improve our passing, our passing was so crisp against Leipzig and it was not great today against sporting just kind of pinballing around between legs. If we could get back to that Bundesliga form we had the last couple weekends, I don't see any threat at all from, from Wolfsburg. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can also see us kind of going into this game with a three in the back situation and possibly, you know, doing a little experiment experimentation with Kolomani and Bore up there. Um, although I would like to see Kolomani just give a little bit of rest on Saturday and just play like 20 minutes or so coming off the bench and whatnot. But um, can you I don't roll know. A, I think can, can you roll the two high look that we did with uh, Silva and Bastost? Yeah, when those two were I, clicking, clicking early in the season. Um, we were playing that two high look, and I don't, I don't know if it'll work with these two, but I sure wouldn't be against it. 
I wouldn't be against it either. And if it does come to a situation where you can only have a one number nine and not have you know two strikers up top, I honestly wouldn't I wouldn't mind pushing Colomani on the on the wing because he's so fast, he's so effective, he can cut in with the ball from preferably the left side onto his right foot. You know, he's a very effective player at that end. And Bore is a very good number nine. You know, he. You know he, he he doesn't have a good presence and whatnot, but what he's what's great about him is his moveness, his moving, his like how he moves into different spaces, his shiftiness and stuff like that. Um, where I would rather see Bore in the middle of the field and Kolomani out wide. Um, but if we play and two Kolo, in the front, Kolomani, you know we're at our best when we're counterattacking, and he's got the speed and the foot skills to lead that counterattack. Exactly. And if he's out wide and the ball is, there's a long ball coming down in the middle of the pitch, you know, he's got so much space for him to catch up speed and, you know, run, run like a, like a hungry dog. Um, you know, that'll definitely be beneficial for us. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I, I would like to see our depth a little bit more. You know, I kind of want to see how the Jerome Onguene guy is just in case, you know, Tuta doesn't, you know, perform. Or just in case Tuta performs as he did today, you know, it'd be nice to see how he does. It'd be nice to see how Smolcic works out. It'd be nice to see uh, Ali Ali a little bit more because, you know, he's my new little Hustic um, off the bench kind of favorite (laughs) player who, like, has to prove himself. Um, And then I'm sure Knopf is probably going to get some time and stuff like that, which I feel so bad for the guy because you can tell he really loves, you know, playing for us and stuff like that. But... You can see that Glass is more focused on the players that we currently own um, compared to, you know, some the one low knee that we have currently on the team. So, I mean, or two low knees, I guess, now with Pellegrini. But, yeah, man. I think, I think I'm on the, the Brian bandwagon where I would like to sign Knauf still. Um, but he's not going to want to sign here and if we're not giving him a chance to play. If he doesn't exactly. see the future there. And I know, you know, he's probably Dortmund's going to want more than we're going to be able to afford. But damn it, we're in three competitions. Uh, leaving a player of that talent on the bench so much, I think, can only hurt us. And the, you know, before we get into predictions here, I keep talking about depth. We've talked about it all year. This is a depth match. Uh, there's no excuse for us this match to be even close. And for us, we need to get that get those goals in early. So we can work on rotation, get guys rested before the trip next week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I definitely would like to. I'm I'm definitely on the Knauf thing. I would definitely love to buy him, but I don't know where we would put him. You know, I feel like we have to be more a little bit more focused on the left side of our field. You know, still trying to find someone of a replacement of Kostic. Um, you know, it's going to have to be two players on that left side. But yeah, I mean. It's it just sucks because like this wasn't a three nothing loss in any sense you know like it wasn't like sporting was dom- dominating us and stuff like that and it sucks that we had this three nothing loss because you know if it was only like a one nothing loss or something like that I'd be way more optimistic going into this Wolfsburg game you know but that's not the case right now and you know we just proven how we can shut off and hopefully we don't do that ever again the rest of the season um, which probably probably will because you know the diva has woken up from her nap. But um, it's um, it's it's definitely gonna be an interesting game. I mean, I I I I I definitely want to see some players kind of resting because I definitely want to see how we do in these you know first few games in the Champions League, and then that way we can really start narrowing down what is important to us. Um, obviously, all three should be important to us, but 
I don't know. So I think I'm just still salty. Say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think there, there's a lot of hesitancy, but there's look, we, we were so down on this group um, 14 days ago, and then all of a sudden we roll off, or 17 days ago, we roll off a couple great league games in a row, and all of a sudden, hey, we're going to do great things. The sky's the limit. You know, this is just kind of the traditional roller coaster that we run year in and year out. I'm not trying to get too negative on one match here. Um, it was a big one, but it wasn't a kill shot by any means. And I think we have to remember, you know, if you're going to have a bounce back match, this is a good this one to have here. This yeah. is a good opportunity. So we said all we can say here. What's your prediction? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to keep saying it's going to be a 2-1 win for us because I feel like all my predictions recently have been a 2-1 or a 3-1 kind of setting, but fuck it. I'm my own person. I can be free. Uh, this is America after all. So I'm going to say 2-1, uh, good guys. I just had an extra sip there because I'm about to do something that gets me a lot of hate mail on Twitter. Um, Don't do it. Don't you dare say clean sheet. Well, let me tell you why I think oh, there's a God. possibility. I'm not saying I'm doing it yet. I, I have to delay a minute while I think about it. Um, <laughs> talk, you Kevin, talk your way through it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin I'll, I'll Trapp. Thinking, as I say. Kevin Trapp is – he has more rebounds than – I don't know. Like his, his ability to rebound from a tough match – and throw up the game of his life is just something we see from him time and again. He's the unequivocal leader on the pitch of this team. Uh, even from the back line, he's constantly talking. He's going to make sure that defense is so well put together, so in form come Saturday. Just everything they do on the pitch, he's going to be so analytical of it. Every interview I heard last week um, talking as – uh, the Champions League people are producing these interviews. Every single one of our players is saying, Kevin Trapp keeps us honest. Kevin Trapp keeps us straight. Kevin Trapp is going to be the reason we keep a clean sheet against Wolfsburg. Now, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to end up being a 1-0, maybe 2, but for the sake of our table, I'm going to argue it's going to be a 1-0 victory with some Kevin Trapp theatrics that keep us in it. God, I, I'm like, look, I'm looking up like when's the last time we had back to back clean sheets and I'm still scrolling, Chris. <laughs> in league play, I honestly, I can't think of it anywhere in any competition. I'm back -to -back. still scrolling. <laughs> it's too far. It's got to be like Kevin Trapp's first time here. No, I, I mean, I'm telling you, look, are we really bad at keeping clean sheets? Yes. But we're going so up the rest against of the Bundesliga. We're going up against a team that has two guys that create their offense, and I'm just not afraid to put it out there. Um, uh, Mecca, uh, Lucas Mecca, center forward, and Maximilian Arnold. That's it. Uh, those are the two guys I fear, and if we can keep them in check, then I think we're good to go. I'm sticking with the 1-0. You can't talk me out of it. Yeah, no, it's fine. Hey, you're your own, you're your own person. You can make your own thing. Just, just keep looking at the leaderboard because uh, I'm still on top. That's all right. It, it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> That's what losers say. <laughs> Until they end up losing the marathon. 
winning. Well, wow, I fucked oh, that one up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. what you- so uh, ways to get in touch with the show. Tell us what you think. Am I stupid for picking the clean sheet? I know, I know, I know the answer already. Um, but tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at HEF pod on Instagram, which Matt runs. Well, I got to double check your math on the table that we run. Cause I don't know. You're at the top so early in the year. That doesn't look right to me. Uh, Instagram at track Frankfurt and facebook.com slash HEF pod. And as of last night, our website is getting about a new page each day thrown up, uh, having a few server issues, but we're getting it done. We're getting it done www.hefpod.com uh the next page to go up this week will be a list of watch parties around the world uh, match day to match day listeners submit where they're watching who they're watching with and it will be updated every single match day as to where you can watch in various cities around the world uh, for today's match in the champions league we had submissions from berlin we had one in L.A., uh, one in Florida, and one in Spain, I think. So cool. it, it's going to be a really cool tool to connect you wherever you are to Frankfurt fans around you. So that's, that tool will be up and running hopefully this week before the Wolfsburg match. So check in the new website. Check in all the uh, social media uh, uh, links. And Matt, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on the Instagram side uh, at Wagner underscore eight and then on Twitter at WagM8 uh, underscore. Matt does outstanding work with our Instagram page for the show. Lots of interaction there. Some pretty fun comments going around. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, if Instagram is your thing, follow us there. Wherever you are, we'd like to hear your predictions, your interactions. And I got to mention the Discord chat. We have a great, lively match day Discord chat. Of course, we're there 24-7, but uh, match days are a little extra fun as you get the roller coaster of emotions in real time from people all around the world whose streams are just a few seconds off. Makes it kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it, Matt. Episode 236. The next time we talk to everyone will be 237, uh, where Frankfurt will have kept a clean sheet against Wolfsburg. Oh, man, I hate you for saying that, but I love it. Sticking with it. (laughs) Uh, We thank you all for listening everywhere you are around the world. Keep in touch. Stay safe out there. We will talk to you next week. Cheers. Don't do it. Don't you dare say. You know, you'll never Devo alone. Oh, God. Hey, I'm a fine switcher, la 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 la